Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing Gavin Williamson and the Huawei leak. <laughs> nearly, nearly. <laughs> nearly. I'm going to say the Gavin Williamson and the... <laughs> Gavin Williamson and the Huawei leak. <laughs> Gavin Williamson and the Huawei leak. Uvavu. <laughs> okay. So, what about the National Security Council leak? Uh, Chris, could you lead us in, please? Um, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, um, Gavin Williamson it was the Secretary of State for Defence in, in the UK. Uh, and um, following a uh, National Security Council meeting about um, the Chinese uh, uh, telecom giant uh, Huawei um, the uh, and their role in um, the, the British um, sort of telecoms infrastructure, uh, there was a um, anonymous briefing following this meeting, which gave sort of um, details of what the discussion was, and particularly what the Prime Minister's position had been on this, which was to sort of acknowledge the concerns, but to, um, uh, you know, to, to side uh, with um, enabling the, the, the uh, Huawei to be involved in, in our infrastructure. Uh, and so um, after that, there was uh, the, the, the sort of very quickly after that, um, this was in the, the, the Daily Telegraph, uh, very quickly after that, there was sort of uh, a certain amount of uproar within government circles and then within the press uh, about the fact that information from this top secret meeting had been briefed to the press. And then there was this sort of who done it situation of of, of um, you know who the culprit was who had done the anonymous briefing, uh, and straight away as soon as it it um, became apparent straight away I thought to myself I bet it was Gavin Williamson oh uh, and lo and behold knew he was a wrongen <laughs> lo and behold and and I had there was no particular you know evidence that I was aware of other than. Uh, a, a bit of intuition and a few other things which we'll, we'll sort of flesh out in a minute but I, I thought I bet it's him and yes the subsequent uh, uh, inquiry within government has pointed the finger at him now he he may turn out to to end up being exonerated by a you know a, a fuller more impartial inquiry but he got sacked anyway and you know I think the balance of probability is that it, it was it was him uh, so it got me thinking why did I think it was him. What what was it that made me think either he was a liar or he was lying in those circumstances? Because he also uh, came out and strongly denied it and started pointing the finger at um, uh, civil servants as well in the okay. media. So. And as former civil servants, that's guaranteed to get our hands right, up. Right, yeah, exactly. Know. Can um, I just give you the quote that he came out with? Yeah, go on. Uh, I absolutely promise, hand on heart, I did not leak this. I realise my obituary will say I did, but I swear on my children's lives I did not. Which just reminds me of someone, you know, those people at school who nicked 50p 
And yeah. then they say, I swear on my mum, I didn't nick 50p. Rem- and I sort of half think maybe he had his fingers crossed behind his back and so it's okay. Yeah. I don't know. It reminds me of that Tory Very, MP. very childish style Tory MP in the, I think he was in the major government, maybe Thatcher, um, who went to prison what was his name? Do, uh, Jeffrey Archer. Oh, yes. A- yeah, Jonathan yeah. Aitken with his sword, sword of truth. Sword of truth. Shield of good old-fashioned British of justice. Yeah. Yeah, it's so wonderful, isn't it? I mean, I have to say, in this case, uh, I actually am not totally convinced it was Gavin Williamson, um, as it happens. Although, you know, the, I, I think I agree with Chris, the balance of probabilities are there. But um, but I think the, the thing we want to talk about is li- sort of lying in general. So politicians lying, uh, other people lying, lying. And, it, you know, it seems, is there more of it or less? What drives it? And can we spot it? Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing we want yeah. to talk about. How can we spot a liar? Right. Because, and, and sort of going back to Chris, because I think what's interesting with his bit of, you know, um, with his sleuthing abilities he had already detected or even more than sleuthing he knew he there was something about it he knew that it was gavin williamson right um i'm going felt- to take issue with your phraseology there saying he he knew it was gavin yeah williamson, well that, I'm, based I'm actually on groping for the right word i'm not finding it yeah but i, I, I intuited it, he, he intuited it it was something yeah. in, his, in his waters yeah that told and, him. and 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 so that so once it, once it became apparent that it was probably him mm. uh, or at least that's what the initial inquiry had had uh, had ascertained I started thinking well why why did I suspect him what what was going on so I tried to unpick the intuition and, and think about it and part of it was definitely character based and I, and I, I've got this this sense that maybe maybe I'm uh, I'm um, the victim of of confirmation bias because he he He's sort of irked me throughout his his career. He's made um, it his business to get on your nerves. He, he has. Well, let's talk um, briefly about who he is because he's he's, inter- he's got a very lightweight background. I think you know. Yeah. He. So I mean, he was formerly a um, a fireplace salesman. He yeah. sold sort of domestic fire. <laughs> uh, but but so and um, I, th- I you know the, he he um, he then sort of uh, made his reputation or tried to create his reputation as a bit of a sort of Malcolm Tucker figure. He was the chief whip or, or maybe more uh, Francis uh, Urquhart. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he sort of reveled in this, um, this, uh, image of him being a, you know, a master of the dark arts and so on when self-evidently he was kind of laughable, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, he, he, uh, so lacked the necessary intellectual wherewithal to or, be a Francis or any Urquhart. kind of gravitas yeah. exactly yeah. and and you know he, he like so for example when we were in a, a diplomatic dispute with um the Russian government he told uh, it was over the the um uh, you know the polonium uh, poisoning uh, he um uh, he uh, well no actually it was over the assassination of Skripal but um, Novichok yeah Novichok yes exactly um. Uh, he told um, Vladimir Putin to shut up and go away in a in a press statement, and it's things like that. He just he is just the epitome of the playground buffoon. Yeah. Um, See, buffoon is the word I was thinking. Yeah. But how does this then link in? I mean, is it quite simply that that made you right? Think, oh, so I that was, was part of it. So I then thought this is just the kind of guy who doesn't calculate the fact that you're that briefing something from a national security council meeting is career-ending, high-risk, really not done. He's so sort of gauche that he that wouldn't have gone on in his, his 
mental calculations. That that was one thing. The other thing was when they were doing this who done it before before he gave the um the denial that Nick said which was after the finger was pointed at him when it was just who you know who did this uh everybody came out and denied it and he said uh um that he nor any of his team had divulged information from the National Security Council which was not the same as I didn't speak to the telegraph and and brief them and tell them everything that happened in this this meeting uh and so it was it was that i, I think they referred to it as sort of poltering as a as a strategy mm-hmm. where you make a a sort of true statement or a defensibly true statement to deflect from the um the un, you know you you don't say something that's a definite lie i did not have sexual relations with that woman. exactly where you were with under a certain interpretation of sexual relations that's true mm, precisely you know? yes um so i think i sniffed that when when he made that okay. um that statement okay so, interesting yeah. um okay so just just one other thing so i want to hear from nick before we do but i think i think one of the things that was interesting after that leak is i was reading an article by a journalist saying leaks don't happen how people think they happen it's not a question of of a journalist ringing up sorry a a politician ringing up a journalist saying hey you never guess what happened in cabinet today it's just not like that it's more like little half truths and sort of um you know bits and pieces and, and it's kind of building up a puzzle that sort of points towards something that's kind of how leaking works um Anyway, back onto our main point. We want to talk about liars. We want to talk about spotting liars, where there's more lying. Uh, Nick, take us where you want to lead us. Well, um, first of all, lying in general is it's actually very well studied uh, in psychology. Um, it is something you can actually measure quite easily. So there's been quite a lot of studies about, um, about you know, where you put people on the spot and get them to lie about things and see if other people can detect them. Um, and it seems that uh, just looking at some of the sort of top level data, it looks uh, chil- children start lying at the age of about two, apparently, when they develop a theory of mind. So that's, um, you know, when you understand that other people have different beliefs to you and you can therefore influence uh, those people um, and then we just get better and better at it so uh, you know there's and a lot of this survey evidence bear in mind you're, you're going to be picking up uh, you, you know people who are lying about the extent to which they're lying mm. but um, according to Sorota uh, it, over a 24-hour period when people were surveyed um, 60% of people claim they didn't tell any lies which sounds very plausible but um, 50% of the lies were told by 5% of the people so there are such some a, bigger there, liars there, out are, there. there are some big fat liars and and the, a big uh, you know corollary of this actually going into what Chris was saying is that if someone's lied before uh, it's a very good indicator that you should be suspicious of things they're saying in the future um, we know about online dating we've covered it in a in a previous podcast but they're, they're, that you know the things that people lie about obviously uh, they lie in directions which suit them so men tend to lie about their social status online women tend to lie about their appearance for example um, when uh, so De, De Paulo did a survey about the things that people lie about and there were sort of everyday lies right these would be considered white lies I think things where you know you, you just sort of you're making life easier for everyone by, by fibbing um, first of all feelings and opinions that makes sense yes I love your new haircut mm. Uh, your actions, plans, and whereabouts. You know, so where you you've been, you don't bother telling someone. Well, actually, I popped into the pub on the way home. Yeah. You know, it would only get in the way. Yeah. Um, things about your knowledge, achievements, and and failings. Uh, explaining your behaviour and facts and personal possessions. So you know, th- those are the sorts of things that people like. And then you have got the big lies, which are um, you know rarer but much more significant. So that's affairs, uh, cheating, 
misdeeds so so not not confessing to an employer that you've been arrested or something um (laughs) so uh lying about serious sort of social significant social things like mental illness or uh or having a miscarriage or something um forbidden socializing so that's when you're going out to see your mates instead of going down to the supermarket to get a job um (laughs) you know money money and jobs so uh, that's obviously a big one for couples you know that one one of them is spending money on something which they shouldn't be um deaths and illnesses um identity so that's lying you know pretending to be straight when you're gay hold on deaths uh, and illnesses yeah What's so so you, well when you lie you, you my... tell you tell your kids that you know granny's just feeling a bit unwell when oh, she okay. died of cancer or whatever oh, okay. uh violence or danger so people uh will minimize tend to minimize the danger involved in things so the example given here is a commanding officer telling his men that it's safe to go into a village when he knows it isn't um so there's quite anyway so there's there's kind of a lot of survey evidence about lying and now the question is uh catching them that's kind of what we're interested in here um just looking at what people say about how to catch liars uh, a lot of it is is bollocks right so there's a big whole thing about eye movements which has been experimentally tested if you look to the left apparently you're you're more likely to be telling the truth there's no evidence for that at all um looking you in the eye widely believed we do it to kids don't we look me in the eye and say that that's not true either apparently if anything it's the other way around that liars are more likely to be trying to gauge your reaction so they're more likely to be uh, looking you in the eye um whole kinds of th- all sorts of body language things do you sort of physically shrink does your body language match the words the problem there being that um everyone's bodies speak slightly different languages so there hasn't there aren't really any really good consistent tells that you can spot um and there's other things like sort of fidgeting um a speech rate breathing pattern a lot of these things uh and, and a lot of these are actually to do with what lie detectors look for which is really fear so so a lot of these tells are actually fear related so if someone is afraid that they'll get caught great but if someone is lying and isn't too bothered about being caught or if they're, or if they're really, telling the truth, but they're frightened. Or if they're confident enough in their ability to get away with it, then you won't have those tells. Um, and, you know, a couple of things which are true, like people are um, people are more likely to lie over the phone, which seems sort of really obvious. Um, so uh, the point is that actually there's no there's not like there's some killer uh some killer method you can use to spot lies and, and people people are really bad at uh spotting lies and they're much worse than they think so people think that they're going to spot liars you know 75 percent, 80 percent of the time in experiments and it's really no better than a coin flip it's 50 50 intuitive and apparently the um the variance between in you know there's very little variance between people so it's not like you've got some super super lie detectors and some you know people who are terribly naive and gullible uh it's actually you know everybody's about as rubbish as everybody yeah, else. yeah and it, okay. just to add to that um uh, armot et al did some uh, did a meta-analysis of um of uh all the studies that have been done into lie detection and found that professionals so law enforcement uh, officials no better than amateurs um confidence how good you think you are at finding liars no correlation with how good you actually are um experience so that the amount of time you've spent trying to spot liars unrelated to how good you are um it seems to be unrelated to education and intelligence and there's no significant difference in gender either so um basically uh that the kind of in general we're just not very good at spotting liars now we're going to get onto things that are more positive okay and uh, in the future but i just uh, I, and, uh one thing i was interested in is were like have liars been caught and if so how now what i was interested in the answer is yes isn't it is well now 
I'll give you some case studies, and yeah. you can tell me whether that now. So, I, I listed a bunch of um, scandals in which that lying was a component, okay. and the ones I came up with were Profumo scandal. Now, uh, he was rumbled when Christine Keeler blabbed. Yeah. Wilbur Mills, he was brilliant. I love this guy. He's an American uh, congressman, I think, who was caught drunk driving with a stripper called Fan Fox in his car. I like the sound she, of this guy. She, yeah, he was great. He he actually, um, she jumped out of the car and hid in a ditch and the police then retrieved her from the ditch. <laughs> he was then re-elected, right? And then made the mistake of um, of appearing on stage with her and holding a press conference in her dressing room. At that point, I think his team got him to stand down. Mark Sanford, I don't know if you remember him. He was a U.S. congressman who said he was off hiking the Appalachian Trail. In fact, he was rumbled when he got off a flight from Argentina where he'd been visiting his mistress and a journalist found him at the airport. Okay. Um, Moshe Katsav, he was an Israeli president. Uh, he, he said he was being blackmailed by this woman who uh, worked for him. And uh, it turned out he, that could led to him being exposed as a serial harasser and rapist. Right. Mark Page. He was dobbed in by a an aide, um, well, actually a, a congressional page who he tried to sexually harass. Um, John Edwards, it was an, he remember him from the presidential. I do. I can see a, what this is leading to, but keep yeah, going. Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, he, he, now this is brilliant because he was. He had an affair with this woman called Riel Hunter and and had a baby with her. Um, he got an aide to to try and fest, to admit take responsibility for the baby, and it emerged that he apparently uh, had had. Um, had once calmed this woman who was worried about having an affair with him by promising her that after his wife died, Edwards's wife died, he would marry her in a rooftop ceremony in New York with an appearance by the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I found that really funny. So I've got a couple more. Just uh, Elliot Spitzer, who was, um, he was rumbled. He was a, he was a, pr- a prolific prostitute prostitute user. Uh, he was another one of these US politicians. I think he was, yeah. yeah. I can't remember exactly. I think he was a governor or something in New York, maybe. Um, and he was rumbled because under the Patriot Act, the North Fork Bank re- had to report his transactions to right. the U.S. Treasury, and then he was caught. Interesting detail. Roger Stone, yes, that Roger Stone, um, said apparently uh, Spitzer wore calf-length black socks while having sex. Nice. Isn't that a brilliant detail? Yeah. Then you've got Lewinsky scandal again, rumbled by Lewinsky, and the semen stained dress uh, made it unambiguous. The Iran-Contra affair actually leaked by the Iranians, possibly at the behest of the US, uh, certain people in the US, and of course Watergate, where they were caught by a break-in. So they, there you go. They are some of the toppest scandals of so all time, to, yeah. and none of them were caught because someone said, mm, this guy's being very suspicious, let's look into it. They were caught by two things. One is weak link, other people mm. and the other is ineptitude yeah so you know so i i think i've come to the conclusion that you might as well try and lie because it's very you, no one gets caught lying they get caught because the some other evidence comes up by right. something else i mean what was interesting we'll come to chris but interesting all those examples were uh, politicians um but also as you said but but the thing is even though they were got caught by circumstances ineptitude someone else but i wonder if in all of those to what extent they were challenged along the way or, or mm. someone thought they were they were wrong and they thought they were telling not yeah. telling the truth but it's also how much we care that someone is lying or as well that i think that's something else but anyway chris yeah well no i think i so i think whether you get caught lying is um what that means is is, is quite interesting because i don't think on the strength i think we know we intuitively know that our ability while they've been all you know uh, 
earlier studies that suggested there were tells to lying and, and that, you know, a lot of early law enforcement and interview techniques were about trying to spot those things and exploit them. I think we intuitively know that actually calling somebody on their lying based on just the evidence of them saying that at the time is not is not good enough it's not it's not sufficient evidence to yeah. say right we know that person's lying so the fact that they've been caught based on other people's evidence or information that's come to light afterwards that makes sense that is to me that is getting caught, caught yeah. lying uh, and you know the the um, the way sort of uh, law enforcement technique is is now going is much more is much less focused on looking the person in the eye and seeing whether they look shifty or not, and much more about when you release uh, evidence into the interview process to to uh, sort of disturb them. So now there's there is evidence to show that late late release. So you let the person tell their story. And then as they're getting 90% through the story, you say, oh, that's interesting. What about this piece of evidence? Uh, and it, what you're then looking to do is destabilize their story. So they then already told you things which now can't be true. And they have to come up with subsequent um, elaborations to, to explain those. And their story uh, uh, starts to unravel. So I, th- I think it it's sort of the um, the the corroboration of the information they're giving you uh is uh, uh, against other sources is yeah. is obviously how you know the main way to catch lies yeah and so there, there is evidence to support about, that yeah it's not so much about knowing whether someone's lying or not it's about catching them and bringing them to justice yeah i suppose what i'm saying is that um in all of in in i think well nearly all of the cases that i looked at um the 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 suspicion wasn't oh this person seems a bit shifty i'll look into it it was something totally different it had emerged from a totally different source yeah you know, it wasn't like people said, well, Nixon seems like a shifty bastard. Let's see if he's organized any uh, burglaries. It was that the burglary was ineptly conducted, mm. you know, and, and Profumo, it wasn't like people suspected him of being involved in sex parties with uh, prostitutes who slept with Russian attaches. Mm. Uh, it was that uh, someone blabbed and then they thought, oh, hang on a minute, we better look into this. So it, it's like, um, yeah, I suppose that that's my point. But no, just in, in terms of what Chris was saying, um, Ormerod and Dando, uh, who did the University of Wolverhampton, did a study which I think is really gives us a lot of useful evidence about techniques that could be used to spot lies. And what they did was they had one in a thousand people going through an airport who were being asked where they were going were planted liars. So they had to they had to lie about where they were going. And um, they when they used the technique of, well, basically three things. One is asking um, open questions. So instead of saying, you know, oh, are you, you know, did you come by taxi or whatever? You you have to say, how did you get here? And and that then forces them to have to invent more. Um, increasing the cognitive load. So this is things like asking them to recount an event, but in reverse order. So you're, they're, they're not able to... Uh, exten- to you build know, the narrative yeah, as exactly. they go. That's and, right, then, yeah. and then small verifiable details. So, you know, when someone says, oh, yeah, I went to the, uh, you know, I went to that university or something, you can then say, well, that, tell me about, oh, that's interesting. What was your route to work like? Um, getting them to, to come up with, you know, the, the, that sort of extraneous detail. And apparently they claimed that they, people using these techniques were able to spot these liars 70% of the time, which out of a base rate of one in a thousand is pretty impressive. Um, and, and 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 also, um, you know, there, there's uh, sort of evidence on that on that basis of um, rather than uh, trying to look for for physiological signs of lying, trying to look at the content and the 
sort of pattern of delivery. So if you are asking open questions, uh, there's um, there's evidence to show that a, a liar will take a little bit longer to answer on specific points of detail, presumably because they're trying to work out what what they should answer as opposed to just, um, you know, answer the truth. Uh, and also that um, when you ask for elaboration uh, on something that's n not part of the main sort of story of, of, of the lie, uh, they their word counts will be lower than for um you know people who who are telling telling the truth because where you know they often liars will have rehearsed a story and the moment you sort of go to the side of that they'll be calculating wait a minute i don't want to sort of uh you know hoist myself on my own petard yeah, or yeah. whatever um um I, I i'm astonished to say we're actually very very close to be needing to finish however um we have got time for a couple of things. Um, one thing I just want to talk about is is we've we've talked a little bit about how, uh, in terms of detecting liars and lies, there's actually very little advantage for that one uh, person might have over another. However, on the other side of the fence, I think I think was it five percent you said told fifty percent of the lies. Yeah, that like would that? seem to be. Yeah, there yeah. are basically. I think there's consensus that there are prolific liars, so yeah. people who lie all the time. And I suspect that those prolific liars are probably quite good liars. Let's say um maybe maybe not i don't know um well maybe it's the is the other maybe it's the other maybe it's the 95 percent yeah. who don't tell you that yeah. they're lying that's really that's a really yeah. good way and i i think i was just wondering what makes for a good liar and also i was just wondering and what i wanted to bring it around to and finish this off on is how much we three lie and whether we think we're good liars or not yeah. now I, okay i'll start with myself because i think i'm actually quite a good liar i think the big stuff i hopefully, i don't believe you <laughs> I think the big stuff, I hope, I think I don't do much of that. Maybe a little one every now and again. A little big lie every now and again. I don't know. But the little stuff, I think I lie all the time, you know. And um, well, I, I actually think I'm quite good. And the yeah. reason why is I think I've got quite a good imagination. And I'm quite good at thinking on my feet. And I actually don't get freaked out by too much. I can keep quite cool. Mm. So I think I'm probably quite a good liar. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think there's a, there's a, there's a, a couple of things that, that um, occur to me. One is that... Um, you know, while they said that that liar, uh, while the evidence shows that um, people's ability to spot lying doesn't vary, what does vary is people's credibility as a as a liar. So there is some credibility, uh, there is some variance in mm. uh, people's ability to convince people of of lies. Uh, but then I think there's also this issue of what how you lie, right? Because there's there's saying something that is definitely untrue that you know is untrue. Mm. There is a sort of lie by omission where mm. somebody says, how was your day? And you sort of go, mm -hmm, yeah, no, it was mostly okay. You know, and you don't tell them about whatever the the thing was. So, you, so you're not directly lying, but you're omitting some, some, something. There's this idea of um, poltering as well that I was, that I was sort of mentioned early on, which is where you sort of, distract by saying something that's true and related to it but isn't directly um uh, you know answering the, the the question and then there is exaggeration where you sort of embellish uh what is ostensibly uh, uh, true mm. uh and so in that you know i would say i don't know whether this this is the case but certainly i when i'm lying try and avoid the direct big fib i know this thing is wrong and i'm going to say it because you fear what would ha you know you want to be 
to have a one step back where you can defend your position and say, ah, oh, well, what I meant was, you know, this, that, and the other. Whereas I would say the other three, I, you know, I am, I am guilty of, you yeah. know, exaggeration, uh, 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 paltering, and lies by omission. And also a phrase that you hear a lot is, oh, um, he's such a liar, but he believes his own lies as well. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think that's a key aspect of being yeah. a successful liar. Um, yeah. Keep, you know, keeping that internal consistency. Uh, Nick. Well, I'm a ba- I'm bad at lying. I think I'm just too expressive, and I and I find it very. I I just I just can't do. It. I can't be doing with a cognitive load, and I and I've I'm usually not. I'm less concerned. I think about you know lying for status reasons. I don't. Mm. I in fact I feel almost like it's 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 kind of high status to be honest. You know, and it I helps I feel if you're quite, quite high status anyway. Well, exactly. So. No, but I mean, I, I feel quite comfortable admitting to you know personal failings and things because I don't think I don't feel like people will. Um, you know, I feel like I've I've kind of got enough ca- ca- money in the bank, as it were. You know, with m- the things that I've done well, yeah. I don't worry too much about admitting to failings. You know, yeah. um, so. So I, uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm bad at lying. I don't, and I don't really, I don't talk about myself very much either. I, if you, I know that might seem surprising, but I, I don't. Most of what I talk about is stuff. And it's not really about me. So I, so I, and I, and so I think there's definitely. I mean, I commit uh, omission, you know, a lot. I won't mention things. I tend to kind of get shy away from difficult personal topics. So yeah. you know, that's more. That would be more where the, um, where the, where the sort of lies would come in. Yeah. But uh, I've become more comfortable with exaggeration, I think, being, you know, having your own business. You, you just have to. You have to kind of learn how to highlight the things you're doing well and and slightly sweep under the rug the things which you wish you'd done differently, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, I think there's – and I, I mean, it's, you know, what obviously of interest to me is this – is this the whole, um, you know, the way that we've evolved this, this uh, ability to – both lie and to spotlight. So obviously, we're in a kind of evolutionary arms race, and I, I think the um, it benefits us both to be able to lie and to be able to spot liars. And I think actually the interesting thing is fifty-fifty success rate, i.e., which is no success rate at all. Like we're basically it's random. Shows that we're in a kind of equilibrium. You know, sometimes we get we can spot liars, sometimes we can't. It's not like the liars or the lie spotters are winning. You know, uh, and of course each of us is both. So yeah. You, yeah, I mean, interestingly, the only the, uh, the, the there's one study uh, that I was looking at that that did suggest that um, you know if there were any criteria associated with being able to better detect lies than other people, it was your own ability to to, to lie. lie and uh, to be credible as a liar. Mm, you so, can't kid a kidder. Uh, exactly. Um, okay, we're going to have to draw things to a halt there. Um, but I just want to say that I think you're just both lovely people <laughs> the, you're some of the most intelligent people I've ever met and I've just enjoyed the last half hour so much it's just wonderful we'll stop there um, I'm Fraser McGrew we've been here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights thank you as always for listening and until next time goodbye mm-hmm.